Just a note before we start. Our show talks about touchy subjects that may be difficult for some of our listeners. Take care of yourself. If you feel you need to seek help, see the links at the end of our show notes for resources. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Touchy Subjects Podcast, the podcast that aims to break the silence that tends to come with conversations around domestic and sexual violence. I'm Sean, and today we're going to be talking about the spiritual impacts of abuse with our special guest, Emily Bernath. So thank you for joining me today, Emily. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Emily, um, this is a topic that we haven't really discussed much on our podcast, in part due to the fact that I myself am not super like spiritual, religious. So it's never felt like a topic that I can really adequately cover. So I really appreciate you reaching out to us to join us for this episode. Yeah, of course. Anytime. (laughs) Uh, So really quickly, do you just want to introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah. So I am an author of the Broken Lenses series. Broken Lenses Volume 3 will be coming out September 2023. Um, And really, I became an author because I wanted to... um, lead a small group of, of women, um, largely in part because I am a, a survivor of sexual assault myself. And um, through and at that time, I really wanted a community of women, and I just didn't have it, and I didn't know I needed it until I wanted it, right? And so um, recognizing the value that that had in my life, I wanted to give that back in some capacity to other women who may be in a similar place that I was once in. Um, and God just said, if you want to do that, Emily, you got to start writing. And so I did. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are. That was about six and a half years ago. So, um, yeah, super grateful for all the opportunities I've been given to, to be a, a light for other survivors. Um, I'm also on the board of a nonprofit called Reveal to Heal International. Uh, so that's a faith-based nonprofit as well that, um, looks to, to serve survivors of sexual assault. So, Yeah. A little bit about me. <laughs> and we will make sure also in the show notes that there are links so that people, if you want, they want to check out your books, they're able to get them there. Um, and also stay tuned for then in September of next year, because we will also make sure that we have links for that one out as well for our audience. But really kind of jumping into the discussion today, because for a lot of people, their faith or spirituality is a big part of their lives and abuse can really kind of impact that. So in the work that you've done, Emily, and the conversations that you've had, or even in your own personal experiences, how can abuse impact somebody's spirituality? Yeah, so um, I'm of the personal belief that we can't completely heal from something like sexual assault unless we do address the spiritual impact, and that is not in any way to denounce like any mental or emotional impacts, Like, because I do believe that that is very much a thing too, right? Um, mm-hmm. But as far as... Uh, my own story. Um, I was probably about, I don't know, 800 to a thousand miles away from my house at the time of when I was abused. Um, and I, I literally had nowhere to go. I had no car. I didn't know anybody that lived in the area. God was the only place I had to turn to. Um, and I didn't do it joyfully originally. Um, but when you really, when you think about the fact that 85 to 90% of people are abused by someone that they trust, um, myself included. It's someone I knew and trusted. Um, And you also look at the fact that faith 
uh, the definition of faith is complete trust. Um, when someone that you trust uh, breaks that trust so intimately um, and you can't trust them anymore, it, it kind of causes you to question, like, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to have faith in or who to trust or where to go. Um, and all of that breakdown of trust is, is a spiritual uh, impact, so. Yeah, when people experience abuse, especially from somebody that they knew or cared about, that's a that breaking of trust not only ruins it with them, but it also begins to hinder the ability to trust other people again. The last time they trusted someone, they were in this situation. So trusting somebody else now is going to be a really intimate detail for them because they could be worried about that possibly happening again. You know, uh not everybody around us is going to abuse us to that degree right but in their mind they just don't know anymore um and so it's like that yeah that abuse just hits them so deep that it's they don't know how else to respond right so it's not personal if someone that has gone through that begins to not trust you as well right like that's not them saying that you're untrustworthy it's just them saying that they're hurt and they don't know what to do anymore right and looking at this so from the christian perspective as it's usually the conversations a little bit whatever religious deity you believe in it's weird for me to just say it that way so like if i refer to it just as god throughout this know that it's i'm gen in a general sense referring to whatever religious deity you believe in but if when someone is experiencing abuse from someone that trusts them that can also hinder their faith because they may question why God put them in this situation. Why would this spiritual being that I placed my trust and faith in put me in a situation where I've been this hurt now? Right. No, exactly. And I was the same way. I was like, how could you do this to me, God? Like, you know, totally place the blame on him. Um, but in reality, like God didn't make that person hurt me, right? That person mm -hmm. chose to do that on their own free will. Um, so, you know, to kind of place that responsibility onto him isn't totally just right. Like, um, in reality, uh, you know, it, it just didn't happen overnight, you know, more so over the course of a couple of years, but, um, you know, getting back into faith, it t totally saved my life because, you know, all I could see myself as, as a survivor was that, you know, my body was used that I was not as valuable as I was before, that no man would see me in the same way if he knew what happened to me. You know, all of these thoughts were my reality. Um, when <clears throat> what was actually true is that, that God saw me just as beautiful now as he did before that happened to me, um, which is hard to believe when you're in such pain, but that doesn't make it any less true, right? Um, yeah. And so just because I don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. Um, and so that once I finally was able to put myself in a place where I could accept that, that I really was just as valuable as I was before, um, totally changed my life. Yeah. People's faith. It's one of the things that I will, again, like I said, like as someone who's not like super religious or spiritual, like I will never fault somebody for being able to use their faith to help them through that hard time, to help them in that healing process. And I know for a lot of people, that's a very big part of that healing process. 
So it's super great that they have something like that that they can latch on to to help them through it because a lack of faith, be it in religion, be it in spirituality, be it in other people, it's incredibly difficult to get through a healing journey if you're trying to do that journey alone. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and that's, I mean, 100% biblical right there. It's one of the first truths spoken in the Bible that it's not good for man to be alone like Genesis 2. <laughs> so, um, you know, God wanted to make it pretty clear right away that like, we're not meant to do this on our own um, and, and in isolation. So I totally agree. <laughs> um, and just in general, like as human beings, I think, you know, sometimes we like to think we can do it all on our own, right? Like I got this. <laughs> I know I do that all the time. Oh, I still do. <laughs> But that doesn't mean you can, right? Like deep down, we all know we can't do it all on our own, right? Um, and so we have to have something to place faith in. And if we don't, then we are relying on ourselves to do it all on our own, right? We're putting that faith in ourselves if we don't put it somewhere else. Um, because at the end of the day, we're all putting faith in something, right? Like I'm putting faith in the chair that I'm sitting in right now to keep me up while we're doing this podcast interview. This may sound silly, but it's true, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely important to be able to have something to, to hold on to because none of us are perfect. Yeah. As much as we like to think we are, you know, I yeah. like to think I'm pretty close, but you know yes. <laughs> nope i get reminded just about every week that i'm not somehow or another <laughs> my my fiance will make fun of me because she's like your confidence in things just shows up at the weirdest times it's like i'll wake up and be like i'm super great and then it'll be like two hours later like man i suck <laughs> i get that i get humbled usually pretty quickly every day <laughs> yep so really looking then kind of at no, no, and not specifically like your journey, but please feel free to share that if you're if you want to. But when somebody does experience abuse and it kind of rocks their faith a bit, what steps can somebody take to kind of heal that or work on regaining some of that faith they've lost if that's something that they want to do? Yeah, I really, you know, going back to not doing the journey alone, <clears throat> I will. Uh, be the first to admit that like I I know a lot of survivors are um, afraid to share their story um, and you know rightfully so it's a pretty uh, touchy subject if you will you know play off the name of the podcast here it is uh, because it it forces a survivor to put themselves in a really vulnerable place um, and that can be painful um, and yeah I I did experience, you know, when I first shared my story with people, people didn't believe me. I was told it was my fault. Um, and unfortunately, that's pretty common for people to experience that. Um, and that's not okay, if you ask me. But um, really, like, there are people out there that, that want to help. And so just encouraging them to not take that as, like, that is how everybody is going to react. Like, um I really don't think that you can, you know, it's, it's really hard to, to heal from this journey alone. And so going out there and finding people who are genuinely like out there and wanting to help and really just 
even knowing that there's resources out there that exist because I had no idea. Like, <laughs> um, now I know a lot more about like, you know, organizations out there that exist to help survivors. But at the time of my own abuse, like nobody told me anything. Um, and so even just knowing that there are resources out there and that help does exist, I think is pretty powerful in and of itself. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, like, uh, you don't, you don't know what you need until you need it kind of situations. Yeah. It's like, we might know that like a shelter exists, but like what services do they also provide besides like a shelter? No. So. Yeah. And I would also let, want to let the listeners know that if you've experienced abuse and it did like, it rocked your faith and you were in that position where you were angry and blaming God for everything. Also don't feel bad about that because exactly, yeah. that shame that's going to come along with feeling bad about putting that blame on God because you had faith in him, not putting you in a situation that was going to get you hurt. Like it's okay to feel that it's okay to have those moments and just know that in whatever religious belief you have, he's still going to be there to love and care for you. Yeah, definitely. And that you're not unlovable because of what happened to you or what someone else thought of you. Like, you know, really, truly, like, I I don't know the reality of seeing yourself as less than, quote unquote, I guess, from being a survivor, but your abuser doesn't deserve to have that much power over you at the end of the day. And so I know it's hard to overcome those feelings, but really like they don't deserve to have that much say in your life. Um, And you were beautiful and valuable before and you are now like end of the story. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like we said, we humans aren't actually that powerful, even if we like to think we are. So don't allow them to have that power over you. Yeah. And it's, you mentioned it. So you mentioned it earlier in a lot of the work that you do. How did you, because I know you said you wanted to create a, a community where you had other victims and survivors be able to have a community that you didn't have when this happened. And we know for a lot of victims that having a community is going to be something that's going to greatly help their healing process. So how did you go about kind of like creating that community? And what advice would you give someone who? is wanting to create that kind of community or is looking for that community? Yeah, well, I'll say first, I I found that community um, in uh, a women's Bible study that I attended in college, but um, really I wasn't looking to attend a Bible study at that time in my life. I couldn't have cared less, really. Like, I didn't care what the group was. I just needed people in my life that cared about me. Um, and... I made a new friend probably four or five months after the abuse had happened. And, and I was not shy in telling them what I was going through. Like I was hurting. Um, and I could just tell that they saw me differently. Like they, they heard my story and it did not change the way that they looked at me. And that was powerful. Um, and so I, I could tell that they saw, <clears throat> saw me differently than I was able to see myself. Um, and I wanted to learn how to see myself in that way. And so um, when she invited me to go to the group that she was involved with, I didn't waste any time in saying yes. So um, really that's, you know, the environment I want is an environment where where women feel 
safe to come as they are and know that they're not going to be seen differently because of, you know, anything that they've gone through. Um, I, I don't know. I think that in and of itself was, you know, powerful. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we've done a few episodes before with other survivors and stuff too, and it's one of the threads that is kind of present in a lot of them. It's either somebody didn't have a community and that either delayed their healing process or made it more difficult for them in the long run because they didn't have that support systems. But then you have examples also of those who had a really good community or a good support system from the jump after the assault and it really helped them in their healing journey earlier. So it's something that we try to get across to a lot of people, even when I'm doing workout in my community on its, on its own and not just from the podcast, is that please believe survivors because believing them is going to be the biggest step in helping them on that healing journey, but also by believing them, you're giving them a community that they know that they can be safe in. And giving them that is going to be huge. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the Bible says the same thing, right? Like, so, you know, just in the fact that, like, Jesus is dying for my sin so that I don't have to. And the only the only thing he asks of me to receive that is to believe him. Believe that's it. Like, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be anything. All I have to do is believe. Um, and so, I mean, really it speaks of the truth right there of just the power that belief has um, to be able to change one, someone's life. Um, it really gives them that freedom and that space to be who they are, um, which is super important because they don't know how to be something else. <laughs> They're, you know, they, they thought they knew who they were before and thought, you know, someone's trying to prove them wrong. Um, so really giving them that space to, to explore who they are again, um, super important yeah so really before we move on to the next part i want to make sure that i mention this in here too because i know that sometimes faith can be a bit of a barrier for somebody who's experienced abuse not only because maybe they're blaming god for putting them in that situation but also the way that some people's faiths are kind of just like set up on a baseline so like, for example, if I, was in a, if I was in a marriage where my partner was being abusive to me and my faith leader says, you can't get a divorce, you have to work on it. That's a really large barrier for me being able to get out of that situation or to fix the situation that I'm in because my faith is telling me I have to stay or work on it. So I, I think to that, I would say that your faith isn't based on another human being. Like that, that person may be telling you that, but if, if you're attributing your faith to a deity in another human being, like that's a uh, red flag <laughs> um, because they're not perfect either. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, other people are, are probably going to say hurtful things to you. Um, but it was like I was saying earlier, that's not, that's not everybody. There are people out there who genuinely want to listen and help. So um, I will acknowledge that that has probably happened to a lot of people, but at the end of the day, um, you know, at least for me, my, my faith is in God. It's not in a pastor. And so if I'm getting hurtful things told to me at church, I really need to flesh that out with God and not, um, you know, just 
completely denounce him because of what another human being did yeah. or said. I like how you knew exactly where I was going with that question too. Cause I'll, because it's, I do know it's a barrier. And from some people that I have worked with, that that was a barrier that was present to them, but it's recognizing that in whatever faith or spirituality you have, that God is looking, God wants what's going to be best for you. And what's best for you may be to get out of that situation. It may be to divorce him. If your faith is telling you that the divorce is bad, but God is the one who wants what's best for you and what's best for you is getting out of it. I think what God wants for you is going to supersede what you're being told there. Yeah. So then jumping into, so having addressed that barrier, then what can be, or how can faith be used then as a tool for that healing journey? So we've kind of like talked in bits and pieces about it throughout this, but really if somebody has experienced abuse, how are they, how can they use that faith to help them along that journey? Um, you know, for me, it's really just been about learning about the truth. Um, you know, one of my favorite verses and, and the heart behind a lot of my writing is, is John eight thirty two that when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Um, and just sexual assault in general causes people to believe a lot of things that aren't true about themselves. And the product of believing those things that aren't true is that you're not free, right? <laughs> so many survivors, they're not free. Um, and you can just see it in their face a lot of times. You could ask that friend that befriended me, you know, four or five months after my abuse. She, she saw it. I wasn't free. Um, and that's what motivated her to be my friend that much more, right? <laughs> um, and that's powerful. So, um yeah, I think really just relearning what, what is true um, and, and getting that freedom back again and being free from the condemnation and the shame and the guilt and all of those things that survivors feel after they've been abused. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then what message would you have for someone who as a result of the abuse, it kind of shook their faith or it maybe it led them down a path where they lost their faith. What would you say to someone who is looking to want to, if they want to get that back? Um, you know, at the end of the day, God is a God of love. Um, and, and God would never, um, do that to you. Like, Humans are broken and sinful, um, but God is is the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he, he loves you a lot. Um, and so anything that is telling you that you're not lovable is a lie, um, you know, going back to that truth, right? The truth is that you are lovable, and if somebody can't see that, that's their problem, not yours. Uh, so, yeah, really just encourage people you know, the survivors out there to, I, I know it's hard, um, but you have to allow yourself to, to let go of those lies uh, that you, that you don't matter and that you aren't lovable. Um, and that's hard to do because it's, it causes you to surrender and put yourself in a place where you're maybe more vulnerable than you want to be. But at the end of the day, that's where the healing comes from. Um, you have to be able to 
you know, and that's kind of even a little bit where the reveal to heal name of the the nonprofit I'm involved in comes in, right? Like you have to be able to reveal those wounds to some extent. Does that mean, you know, you have to go on podcasts like I am? No, <laughs> uh, but it does mean that you need to find help somewhere, someone, something, right? Um, and yeah, because you don't deserve to live in that that condemnation and that shame for the rest of your life it's just you didn't ask for that you don't deserve that yeah it's funny because that messaging is very similar to a lot of the messaging that i'll often use when i'm having conversations with men um, specifically because as guys were taught that being vulnerable is a sign of weakness so we shouldn't be weak uh, but if we want to heal if we want to grow being willing to put ourselves in a position where we may be more vulnerable. That's how we're going to grow. Putting yourself in uncomfortable situations is part of growing. Cause if you recognize that you're uncomfortable by something, you can figure out how to then address that and then grow from it. I'm, I used to not be super comfortable doing public speaking. <laughs> I hated it. It is now my favorite part of my job going out into the community and doing public speaking. It also probably helps that I like hearing myself talk a bit, but <laughs> when we place ourselves in situations where we're going to be more vulnerable and accept that, I don't know if I like being here, it can be helpful for us to grow. So if you're someone who has lost your faith and you haven't attended church in years now, it's okay for you to go back. That door is always going to be open. Yeah. So before we sign out then, Emily, is there anything else that you would want to let our audience know? Um, you know, kind of just like I was saying, know that, that you matter, that you, you have a place in this world or you wouldn't be here, um, that God doesn't make mistakes. So if he created you, he did it for a reason. Um, and, and nobody else on this world has the, the power to say otherwise. So, um, yeah, just... Hope you all know that you do have value and that there is a reason that you're here and nobody can take that away from you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Emily. I've actually really enjoyed this conversation. I know I tend to have an aversion when it comes to conversations around religion and spirituality because, again, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge in this area. But thank you for allowing me to put myself in a position where I get to be a little bit more awkward to learn so i really appreciate you joining us today oh good anytime <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, thanks for having me so before that i before then i do my sign off emily is there any socials or anything you want to throw out to the audience yeah i'm on instagram at emily bernath author um same with facebook uh facebook at emily bernath author and then twitter is just emily bernath so awesome and where can they find your books uh, my books, the Broken Lenses series, uh, are available anywhere books are sold. Uh, they're on my website, emilybernathauthor.com, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Books a Million, whatever bookstore nearby. So sweet, and I'll make sure those links are in the show notes. So if anyone wants to check those books out, please feel free and go and check them out. But thank you all for listening today. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Touchy Subs Pod. Please send us any questions, comments, or concerns to touchesofjectspodcast at gmail.com. And please rate and follow us on your favorite podcast listening app. It really does help the show out. And in the meantime, 
Don't be afraid to challenge, ask, and discuss when it comes to touchy subjects.